I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Lonnie, mm -hmm. at what point in the Squid Games would you die? I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking about the people I know how far they would get. My friend Martin, he'd get really far, I think. I don't know why, but I think he really would. <laughs> um, me. I think I'm like Beck Shaw on Twitter who said that she needs the rules of a game to be explained to her very mm -hmm. slowly and clearly and even then you've got to see it played out a few times before you fully get it. So, yes, not very far I don't think because I, I wouldn't understand the rules potentially the first go and all of a sudden you get a gun in your head. But here's the thing, that first person that died, mm. best way to die. Oh, probably. You don't want to stick around, do you? You don't know the horror of what you've been brought into. You don't have to see yeah. everyone else get slaughtered. Yeah. You're just shot. Yeah, and you're happy. Like, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> no, how about you? How far would you go? Oh, I'd be the first person to know. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> right. We're already starting off a bit dicey, aren't we, on this one? All right. Squid Game. Hello there. Welcome to... I only like you and movies and South Korean TV shows that are on Netflix. New title. My name's Lonnie. How are you doing, Sine? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Do you like me changing the title every week? It's good. Um, don't know if it's going to catch on, but okay. you know, we'll see. Well, guess what? What? We've watched Squid Game. Like we have. Every other person in the world, apparently. It's very popular. Very, very popular, yes. Netflix says it's their most popular show ever mm -hmm. however they would say that wouldn't they so how do we how do we check well if they have all the numbers you know we just got to kind of trust them i mean i suppose so but not verified is it no i believe oh, you know sure. it's pretty popular shane one watched it so you know no oh, that's a shame uh so it's probably hard to talk about squid game without spoilers mm -hmm. but also i'm guessing by this point if you wanted to watch squid game you probably have let's be honest so I think one sentence, Nay, do you recommend or not? Depends who you are. Oh, okay. I would not recommend this to your parents. Yep. They, they prefer Scandinavian like... sort of crime dramas. <laughs> crime drama. So, for some reason. Um, I might recommend it to my dad, mm. maybe. <laughs> are we I going don't... to everybody we know? Sorry, no. <laughs> I just, if you like extremely violent um how do we, like what genre is this i guess it's a horror film it's like a they're playing for their survival aren't they survival, survival horror survival drama <laughs> yeah it's yeah. really depressing and harrowing to watch so you gotta be the right person 100%. Uh, it's really interesting and done really well yeah it's not just the the thrills and spills of a horror no um, survival it's actually some satirical and, um, yeah, some Social depth commentary, to it. obviously. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So it depends who you are. I know that's not a great <laughs> mm -hmm. way to start the podcast, but I think you'll know, like, 
if an extremely violent thing where people are killing each other in order to win a prize sounds yeah. interesting to you and that you could tolerate it, definitely watch it. If it doesn't, steer clear. Yeah, definitely don't. Cool. Okay, I think from here on we're just going to talk about spoilers today because it's going to be hard yes, not to. Yes, please. Let's just do it. Okay. What is the Squid Game about? So there's a group of people yes. who have been selected to take part in a game and if they win the game, they get an obscene amount of money. Mm-hmm. Working which, up to be about $52 million here in Australia? Yes, I was Googling as it happened to try and put this into context for myself. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> a, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and there's 456 players and they essentially play a bunch of children's games and mm. if they lose, they die. Yes. Um, and the idea is that there's one person at the end who gets all the money. Yes, and I, I wish we had been able to watch this together because I would have had great fun turning to you every few minutes to, to wisely say, that's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a metaphor, isn't it, Sinead? It's all a metaphor. It's, it's capitalism. It's the rat run, you know? Yeah, that's it. Rat race? Rat. Yeah. I think rat race works better there. Anyway, okay. that's what it's all about though, isn't it? It's, it's That's what capitalism does to us it turns us all against each other trying to get money and for what Sinead for what mm. Honest Trailers released a um, trailer for Squid Game the other day mm. put it in the show notes interesting point that oh who would watch these people like die for be humiliated and whatever and they play clips of like Wipeout and yeah. Survivor and that kind of stuff essentially well, saying we're already doing it I know. know even just sport itself like yep you know, we, we watch people hurt their bodies for our amusement for no reason, really. Yeah. I mean, we're bad people. Like, hum- well, I don't have a lot of faith in humans after watching this show. Yeah. But at the same time, Sine, I was reading some reviews this morning about Squid Game. And they were saying that all that stuff is true that you're saying. It's, it's all about how bad we are and <laughs> indictment on, on humanity. But at the same time, the core group of characters are quite sweet and they're trying yeah. to fight for each other and. And they've all got like, good reasons. Well, most of them have good reasons for why they're in this scenario. Oh, so. yeah, I should probably mention. So all the people that have been selected for the game are either in debt or have committed like a, a petty crime or um, they're down on their luck essentially, which yeah. makes them the perfect targets to need this money essentially. Exactly. They, they, they're not doing it for fun, although some of them seem to have fun while they're in there but they, they're all sort of economically disadvantaged in some way, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a tough one because it is so – it's harrowing, as you said. It's really intense, really, and really intense. Did you feel kind of conflicted watching it, like you're enjoying it, but then at the same time, like when it gets into the game, you're like, oh, my God, I want these guys to win, but then like do I? Because them winning means other people are dying at the same time. I know. puts you in that conflicted mm. position, doesn't it? Shall we talk about some of the characters maybe? Then that'll lead us into our discussion. Sure. The main character, uh, Ji-hun, and I'm sorry if I get the names wrong here. I'm doing my best with it. Um, I really liked him. But at the same time, again, I think of honest trailers. Like at, at his heart, he's, a, he's an honest guy, but he's a bad dad, like all Hollywood screenwriters. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so he's a gambling addict, and obviously just as he gets to the He's had lots of ups and downs in his life 
and as he has gets a good up with his gambling, he gets taken away, and all of a sudden he's on his down his luck yet again. Um, at the same time, his his mum is quite sick, and he's trying to care for her, and also trying to be a good father with his when his wife has left him for another man, um, and his daughter doesn't really respect him. I suppose you could say. Well, he just lets her down time and time again, yeah. and she's you know wise behind beyond her years and knows that he can never be. Mm. The father that he's trying to be to her, you know. Yeah. So you can see why he gets involved in this. Um, but he is the conscience of the show, isn't he, at the same time? Yeah. He's definitely the audience surrogate, you know, yeah. like he's trying to figure out what's going on as we mm. are. He's trying to approach it with a moral sort of trying to do the right thing perspective. But even he has to, you know, throw his morals out the window, which is essentially essentially the central question of this show, right, is how far would you go mm. to achieve financial stability, I guess. It's a metaphor for me. It is a metaphor, that's true. <laughs> uh, and a really great performance, I thought. Yeah. And I think the whole show is, is filled with good performances and very well cast. There's not a weak link, I don't think, in this mm. whole mm. show. The acting style is obviously different to what us mm. Westerners are used to because it's not a Western Hollywood mm. production. Um, but they're so good. My my standout was um, Sebyuk, mm-hmm. a North Korean defector, mm-hmm. who, s- small point, this is her first acting role? Yeah, so she's a model apparently. She's a model yeah. and she's like. So um, apparently, like, she, obviously she's very beautiful, but that's her, she, that's her background. As I'm she's to perfect in this? Yeah. Delivers an Academy Award winning performance, <laughs> question mark? Excuse me, where have you been my whole life? Yeah. Get on my screen and everything. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, she was great. So she's from the north mm-hmm. and she's defected down to South Korea and she's just, yeah, wants the money, wants she anything has a younger to help brother. her family. Yeah. And her parents are, well, her mum, sorry, is still in North Korea mm. who she's obviously dead. Like mm. why are we spending so much money trying to get her here? She, they obviously killed her when they realised that she was trying to escape. But. It's heartbreaking, you know. She's trying to provide for her little brother. They can't get to, and all these people are being screwed over. It's probably another thing we need to say. Yeah, by the system and the yeah. society. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'm not going to turn into one of those people who's like, "Ooh, it gives me feelings of parasite because it's the only other South Korean film I've watched." Mm. Um, I've watched a few South Korean films. Admittedly, not much scope because they're mostly from Bong Joon Ho. But something that I find really interesting thematically is that every single film I've seen from South Korea is dealing with this class struggle, Mm. with this pervasive um, inequity of how the resources are spread in that country, which is just so interesting that, like, there's a central sort of um, theme coming out of a country's production of films. And I'm not sure that you could say that about, like, Australian films, for example, I don't know that there's one unifying theme. I guess you could say maybe egalitarianism or mm. something like that. But it's it's so baffling that a country that can be so advanced has people that can't afford to eat, you know? No, and that's pretty much every country, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. Which is, But it, it is interesting to see that reflected in the movies that we see. Like I'm sure there are other movies that get made in South Korea, but... It seems like that is an interesting um, export at the moment in their in their cinema. 
in not saying that in America and Hollywood they don't have movies dealing with poor people, but you know, by and large, it's about how great America is, isn't it? And yeah, we talk about movies where you know, no matter what they're doing, the the kid has like a massive bedroom, like a bigger mm. bedroom than our apartment. You know, <laughs> yeah, everyone's living in a massive house and. They've all got high-paying jobs and things like, mm. you know, a bit of generalization there. But it doesn't seem like they're so preoccupied with it like South Korean films that we've seen recently are. Well, I think the reason I mentioned it is because it adds a context to this film that I don't think we can truly appreciate or understand. Like for me looking at this, I'm like, no, no amount of financial freedom, even $52 million would be enough for me to do this. But if you're coming from a landscape where your option is, you know, die on the streets essentially Mm. or have your organs harvested by this gang or Mm. like they really don't have a choice. Um, And it's really interesting. I wasn't sure how I felt about it when it was happening, but now looking back I'm glad they did this. They let them leave the game, right, Mm to experience what life, because they're like, this is horrific, we don't want to be a part of it, we're all saying we don't want to do it anymore and they let them go. But obviously it's a ploy because letting them go, they go into their old lives, they realise how dead end their old lives are and they all come back. And I I think that that was so interesting to watch that play out. It's interesting you say that, Sonay, because there's an article written on um, Junkie by Patrick Linton, great writer here in Australia. Mm-hmm. It's about episode two, and the title is "Hell is the most is the least flashy but most important episode of Squid Game." Pretty much saying exactly what you've said there, Sinead, that the fact that they were let out and then chose to go back in that kind of sets up the rest of the series. They're not just people who are captive and are forced into this game against their will. Mm. At the beginning, they were, but then they, yeah. I'd look around and like, oh, actually, maybe on the outside is just as bad as the inside. And yeah. at least if I'm in there, I've got a chance outside. They chose, right? Yeah, my chances are limited. Um, and just to say, though, I think there are plenty of people in the real world who would do this, wouldn't they? And not not not, not having an indictment on them, I'm just saying whose circumstances are so dire, even here in Australia, that, yeah, this maybe would look like an opportunity, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think... Maybe maybe, maybe the killing, I should just clarify, but the idea of having to do something really, um, really outrageous just to try and survive is what I'm trying to get at. That's why the show's tapped into something, hasn't it? Yeah. Another character I want to talk about is uh, Sangwoo. Yes. Did you know that Sangwoo went to um, SNU? Uh, He's the only person in the whole of Korea to (laughs) ever go to university, actually. So just so we're all aware of that. You went to Seoul National University, studied business. Um, good on him. No, yeah. that, 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 that's funny. I mean, I'm trying to bit of playful humour there. That's all it is. Um, but he's an interesting character as well because obviously he's a high flyer mm-hmm. and he's held up by the people of his community as, as you know, inspiration. And it's kind of like if someone from, you know, one of our friends and family can make it, we all can, which is you know, one of those interesting uh I wouldn't say lies, but maybe not a lie. Maybe it's a fallacy to do with the world. Like just because one person makes it, everyone else should be able to make it. Mm-hmm. Not that easy, is it? Uh, but yeah, he's, he's faced trouble, even though he had that um, had that lucky break in his life, going to university and making a career. He screwed it all up. 
I'm not really sure why. What did he, he embezzled he money? Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, okay. He embezzled money from his business essentially. Yeah, yeah okay. And then, well, then that's right. And then he screwed his mum over by. He's stealing. in like billions of dollars worth of debt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unlucky. Unlucky to get yourself in that situation. Interesting to me though about his character is that he's quite intelligent. And he uses that against the other people in the game. Even and, against uh, Jihoon, because they're childhood friends. They grew uh-huh. up together. And uh, against Ali, who was Oh, uh, I best can't mate. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through talking about Ali. Okay. It's sad, isn't it? Well, let's touch on that when we get to Ali. Okay. For the moment, a right. couple you... of things I want to talk about with Sang Woo. Alright. Three no, two things. There was no reason for him to kill Serbiok. She was dying anyway. Mm. Do you not agree? Well, was he putting her out of misery? She, she was dying anyway. She was unconscious. She just mm. fell asleep. Mm. That's that's a good way to go rather than having your throat slit. Yes. And that yeah. sequence is horrific when Ji Hun's trying to get help and he's banging on the door and banging on the door and she's mm-hmm. dying and the doors open and for a second you're like, ah, they don't want her to die because they have some plan for the thing. But then the box comes out and we turn around and yeah. Sangri's there with the knife. Oh, horrible. Totally horrible. That's the thing. This show could have just been about um, let's get these people in crazy situations and it's all about how it's a childhood game, but now they're doing it for real and people are going to get killed or whatever. But then all of a sudden you're getting really invested in these characters mm-hmm. and it becomes quite character-driven in that sense. Yeah. Like, you're right, that was a heartbreaking moment and it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting when I was heard about Squid Game, you know? Well, here's the thing. Here's, here's the first problem, guys. Don't make friends. Yeah. There's only one winner and they're both like, oh, they'll let us both win. You really think they'll let you both win? You really think they'll be like, yeah, there were two winners this year and you can split the money. I mean, like looking around at what they've done, you really think that's going to happen? They didn't hunt games today. Yes, but I don't think that was a possibility within this universe, <laughs> no, right? No, I don't think so. I think it did cop out. Don't make friends. Games, You're all going to have to kill each other. Yeah, don't make teams. Like, Don't, don't be friends with, with people. It's going to end badly for you. Yeah. Here's my uh, quite a big gripe I have with the show. Yeah. I have a couple of big things that I'm not sure completely worked for me. I don't think Sangwoo killing himself, I I don't think that fits. Mm. I didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. Why? He'd killed absolutely everyone. He'd shoved the guy off the glass steps. He'd slit Sabiok's throat. He was willing to kill Jihun. And I didn't buy, I think what, what, show was trying to say is that he'd come so far and he couldn't live Mm. with the horror of what he'd done and he knew that he wasn't going to win so he went out with some sort of dignity by you know killing himself rather than making Jihun do it Mm. but I just that doesn't fit with how he was in the rest of the series I think it was a bit of a trying to give him some sort of redemption right at the end but a bit too little too late Max I think the reason why is because they didn't want Jihun to actively kill someone as mm. our protagonist because mm. as soon as he did, I think the audience yeah. would have lost that connection with him because he pa- he passively kills people but not through inaction maybe rather mm. than like an active thing of I'm going to kill this person, right? He's like one of the only people that doesn't do that. Although I think Sabiok doesn't do that either. But anyway, I just, 
I saw the mechanics there, you know. I was like, oh, of course they're not going to make Jihoon kill him because, you know, then we can't root for him if he's just as bad as everybody else. Mm. It just didn't ring true to me. You didn't feel that way? No, I see where you're coming from and it did. It kind of felt a bit um, calculated in that sense, doesn't it? Like, yeah, we've got to have bad stuff happen, but our main guy can't do the bad stuff himself because... He's a main guy. Yeah, yeah. I could see where you're coming from for sure. Yeah, saying where it kind of is like it's almost all worth it in the end, but even as uh, Ji Hun finds out, winning it is probably just as bad as losing it. Hey, yes, he's for him. I know. He's got is, a conscience, like, so. <laughs> saying we had already gotten that far, he'd already justified killing everybody else, mm. and further, he was happy for Ji Hun to die. In the honeycomb game, mm. he didn't stop him then. So, if the point, the the counterpoint that the audience is going to make to me, um, that he couldn't bring himself to kill his childhood friend, he was going to though. He didn't tell him about the honeycomb, and he let Ji Hun yeah. choose the umbrella. Maybe that's like a again I passive way. You. I don't have to. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you from Batman scenario. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Okay. Let's move on from him. Mm -hmm. On Wikipedia, the next character is um, playing Jun Ho. Um, Jun Ho was a police officer. He sneaks he aboard, right? Yeah. I found that storyline quite interesting, but then ultimately didn't go anywhere. Well, here's the question. Mm. Did the evidence get off the island? That's what everyone's mm. wondering about. You gotta Do you reckon so. it sent? I mean, I think it might have. But how much would it have made sense and how much can you use that to, um, you know, in a court yeah. of law? Yeah. It maybe it gets out there, though, in the public. Yeah, I know, you know what you mean. Is that what do you if reckon? They, I guess if they discover the island, then yes. Here's the thing. If you've got bad signal, don't send, like, nine photos at a time. Obviously, yeah. they're not going to go through. Just pick your best two, send yeah. them, wait till you get the notification, then send some more. I know he's running and yeah. people are shooting at him and stuff, but, like, honestly, mate. And I thought it was funny. There's a tweet from our friend Cameron Williams on Twitter, and it's exactly what I was thinking. The most stressful part of this show isn't the killing and the games, whatever. It's his battery life over like oh, a week. The worst. See, my, my phone goes flat in an hour. <laughs> I don't know how you're getting away with this. It's true. We don't seem charge it at any point. Very stressful. Uh, I like that storyline because it was kind of, you know, revealing the underbelly or the other side mm. of the story of what's going on in the squid game and we found out that the guards were as imprisoned as as the players yes and i kind of people have been criticizing the elements with the the vips which i i get you know a fair amount of that criticism but it was interesting to see that and he was kind of our eyes into that which i thought was cool yeah it would have been nice maybe if there'd been some more you know fulfillment of that storyline potentially but yeah it's kind of like it's a mini movie alongside the main movie almost i found it interesting getting mm. more of an insight into who the organization was and what they were trying to do mm. i mean the big question is did he die oh you, you weren't sure well we don't see a dead body that's true, and that, that that comes up a few times in the show. You have to see I've, someone actually die. Yeah, I have thoughts about that. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. <laughs> um, he gets shot in the shoulder, right? Yeah. So not necessarily 
it was kind of close to his heart, but the heart's more in the center of the chest than we think it is anyway. Mm. He could survive a bullet wound from the shoulder. The question is whether he can survive the fall. Yeah. It was quite high. It was quite a high cliff. And we should mention, so he gets shot by his brother who yeah. turns out had won the game and he had become the games master, yeah, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Who I, I called Prismatic because he had a, like, funny mask that had different angular things. Oh, so. scary mask there, right? Yeah, I called him Priz. Okay. short. I don't know. What do you mean you called to... him? I mean, I, in my head, I called him Priz. <laughs> I don't know why you need more explanation about this. <laughs> yeah, so... I think, was it those guys on Honest Trails who did that? It's like, or maybe something else I watched where it's like, oh, he's the policeman's brother. Okay, we're moving on now. Like, yeah, didn't have gets... much effect on the rest of the story. But it does make you think though, right? Like what happens to the winners? Yes. Does the winner become the games master and they have to kill the original games master and that's mm. how that progresses? Yeah. Do Have people won it before? Did they survive? Like, because it is entirely possible for no one to win. Right? Yeah. What if they all died? And also, what if you get to the end squid game and there's like five of you? Do you keep playing yeah. until there's only two of you? Like, is that how yeah. it works? I wondered about that. I, I got the feeling they kind of designed the games for the people that were available, perhaps. Yeah. Don't know if they're the same games every time. But yeah, it's a good point because, like, yeah, theoretically, everyone could have died in that first game. Maybe only two people survived after the first. Um, game with the red light green light so but then do they do they orchestrate it so that there are enough to continue or like i have to think that yes they would but well as we saw a few times they were able to change the rules as they wanted to manufacture what they wanted to happen so now i want to leave um oh ilhan until the end that's the elderly man yeah okay so first let's get to go on to the gangster uh duksu Sure. Bad guy, I reckon. Why did he have such an issue with Sabiok? Did they know each other outside? They knew each other outside and she'd like stolen from him or something, but that was never mm. resolved. Mm. Yeah, that's true. No? no one knows. I thought he was all cast and he kind of yeah. he had that, that heavy sort of presence. God, everyone like, is uh, perfect in this, perfectly cast. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. And like there's a, maybe a little bit of... Like we see him when he's like he's obviously done some bad shit out in the real world, but you know, and he's a bad guy. I'm not trying to defend him at all, but you know, it's like every character in their own way is trying to survive, and he's taken the violence route in his real life as well. Yeah, and he's thriving in this world, and kind yeah. of I think he just assumes he's going to win because he's a tough guy. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't always work out that way, does it? But yeah, very scary guy as well. Um, and Minyao. Minyao. Wikipedia says a mysterious and manipulative woman who claims to be a poor single mother. Yeah, I haven't thought about that, but she claims a lot of things, doesn't she? She claims that she's 19 years old. Yeah. No way is she 19. I don't think so. I thought 35. Yeah. What's going on there with her? She's insane. Yeah. But is she actually insane or is it all an act? Well... I think manipulative is, is a good word there. Mm-hmm. I feel like she yeah, wasn't all there in the head, but again, if you're working in you know, the fact is in, in society, you know, you have to do what you can to get by and she's taken that manipulation route. Mm-hmm. And she does it to anyone she can, including 
Duxu, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to a good thing here. No, no, you're not, man. Run. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think of character, though, say? Yeah, interesting. Mm. I was surprised that they didn't kill her when she wasn't picked. The yeah. Marbles. Yeah, I, I kind of saw that coming. I was like, that'd be such a great twist here from Yeah, else. so there's actually a theory why yeah. that happened. So there's obviously umpteen theories you can Google about what mm. everything meant or whatever. So the, the one of the theories was, we're just dipping into Elmer discussion, I'm sure we'll expand it on more okay. in a second, is that he wasn't supposed to be picked for that marble thing because he oh. didn't try to find a partner, right? He sat on the ground. Yeah. And the idea that people were positing was that he wasn't supposed to get picked and that would be the way that he exits the game. People would think that he's dead. That's how he'd leave because the rest of the games are up to chance. He couldn't like like the tug of war. Oh, no, it was after tug of war or whatever it was. Anyway, people are positing that that was his out, right? Well, yeah, because theoretically if he'd gone with someone else in marbles, how yes. would he have played them out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly which I thought was interesting. I'm not sure whether that's true or not, but interesting thought. So they still had enough room to keep her alive in the game, if that made sense. Mm. I didn't know if there was a hint that she may have traded sexual favours for her freedom. I'm not sure whether that was, whether, again, that was manipulation by her or whether that actually happened. I just got the feeling that every time you thought that you were doing the right thing in the game, the game designers just turned on its head. And so yes. when they all thought they were doing the right thing by not picking her, they were like, you know what, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, you don't control this, we do. Yeah. And the same, like, you got to make have a partner for this game. They're like, okay, I'm going to pick the best partner ever. And then, like, oh no, you got to kill your partner. Like, yeah. That's just sort of how I saw that. Fair enough. And and when they got across the um the glass, like the yes. pathway, yeah. it's like, yeah, you should go in the middle or you don't want to go last. But then actually, yeah, going last is the best way so mm. that's the impression i got but who knows if there she's a wild card she is and and so is he the old guy bloody hell and then we have ali ali so we'll have more discussion about ilnam in a moment but ali my favorite character yeah my favorite character from the beginning a sweetheart a true treasure love him so much and he... because he is the nicest guy in the show mm-hmm. he means the most tragic ending cool course he does i i had this awful feeling when they were being paired up for marbles and i was like it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for only one of you to make it through yeah don't go with your friend like i just had this feeling that that's what they were going to do and it was and i knew i knew that saying we switched the bags yeah, it was so obvious to, to us, the audience, but I think that was supposed to be dramatic irony, right? Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. And Ali's so trusting. It's like they play the game, right, and Sangwoo loses, but he manipulates his way into saying, no, Ali, there's a way that both of us can come through. You just have to go yeah. find these people and then you're fine. Like that will progress to the next round and there'll be another round and you just have to make sure that the boomers don't get through or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Ali trusts him wholeheartedly mm-hmm. trust him and it's just horrifying i i was sobbing like it affected me so much emotionally mm. and it just feels like again it's a metaphor 
you can do everything right in life, right, quote unquote, and you can mm. still be screwed over. Like mm-hmm. Ali was trying to do everything right. He had his wife and their new baby. He went and worked for someone who screwed him over. Mm-hmm. He was trying to do everything right and that still wasn't enough. And I think that, that when someone's put in that situation, it highlights that there's something wrong with the system. It's a system mm. that's broken. It's not not how humans operate within that system. Honestly, heartbreaking. Yeah, and a great performance again. You should yes, because you know, saying, but just yeah, perfect. And that episode with the marbles that was oof, <laughs> the toughest things I've seen all year. Harrowing, wasn't it? <laughs> and let's not forget that Ali um, saved Jihun in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, like there's. There are lots of examples of solidarity in this show between yep. like they build teams and whatever. But yes, at the end of the day, we will go turn each other. Is even Sabiok helps Jihun cross the bridge because mm-hmm. she tells him that the left one was fine. You yep. know, <laughs> Ali. Ali. <laughs> um, but that that's like if we can like extend that metaphor out to real society or you know mm-hmm. outside of the film TV world, it's like yeah. Instead of us all being solidarity together, politicians and media and, and so on and so forth make us turn each other. We should be all supporting each other, but then you now we vote in people who uh, you know, play with politics of division. And mm. so, yeah, our, our natural um, you know, partners and, and brothers and sisters in the world and the struggles, you know, they, they get they all get turned against each other, don't we? Mm-hmm. So... It's a metaphor, as I've said very wisely many times. Yeah, let's talk about the real bastard of the show, you know? Yeah. Hilnam. Did you see the twist coming? Okay, here's the thing about the twist. So there's a thing that is really common in comic book movies where if you don't see a character die on screen, they're not really dead. Yeah. Right? And even then sometimes. And even then sometimes they go like, I know that as a conscious thought in my head. And I knew when we didn't see him die, I was like, hmm, he didn't die on screen. But I shot myself in the foot because I went, ah, but that's not relevant to this show because that only really happens in comic book movies and they've not shied away from killing off people that we like. Mm. So that won't be a problem here. And obviously (laughs) that was a huge hint that he, (laughs) you know, died off screen. I, I don't like the twist. I don't, yeah. I don't like it and I don't think it works because yeah. he said that the whole reason for doing this is that everyone has a fair chance of winning the game, but they don't. If you're in it, they don't have a fair chance of winning the game. Yeah, and when they change the rules, when they want to. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is that was his big thing, right, is that outside in the world things were so stacked against them, the odds were never in their favour you know, but in here we were all equal. We all had an equal footing. But it, it's not possible if you're in it. And also I don't get the motivation. I don't understand the motivation. At the end when Ji-hun goes to see him and he's in his hospital bed, you know, mm. in this massive apartment, he says it's just like horse racing, right, like you're the horses. It was mm. just entertainment. That's all it was. Really? <laughs> You've got so much money that you could buy anything. You could go anywhere. You could pay someone to fall in love with you. Mm. Like 
I just, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't get why. I know. And it's that same thing. Like if you've got enough money to give someone $52 million, you could also give that to a homeless charity to help people, which I know well, he's, he's like, oh, yeah. people are awful. They won't help this homeless mm. man who's there. Um, glass houses, sir. Yeah. You have millions of dollars and you're not helping anybody. Yeah. Exactly. And didn't you see time and time again that people are good in this game because they're mm-hmm. trying to help each other and for no other reason than we're stuck in this awful society? Also, if he has so much money that it's impossible to spend it, he mm. could probably single-handedly, you know, make South Korea not be in debt anymore as a country. <laughs> yes. Maybe focus on that. Mm. I don't know. So the whole thing was that life was boring to him. And he didn't he have... Was, he was dying, right? So the yeah. tumour thing was real and he wanted to play the game one last time, essentially. But he'd been setting it up for like 30 years or so as well, right? Yes. I think he'd been in charge the previous mm. games. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think of that? Did you get a shock when it was, this wasn't the first time? No, I was wondering mm. whether this... I thought there might be more. I thought initially that he had survived several games because he was number one. I thought mm. he'd maybe played every year or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, I just... Yeah, I'm interesting some things about his character. It's like, yeah, he wanted to play the game rather than just view it after he'd been doing that for so long or he'd been, been in charge of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, are you playing it though? Because you're not going to die because they know not to kill you and they clearly don't And when it comes to it. So it's almost like he gets to play with no consequences, which isn't the same as every other person exactly, who is dying. Right? That, that's a little bit like, you know, when rich people pretend to be poor or, you know, not pretend to be like actors if they're not actually as rich as they are when they, you know, even when they, if they lose their job, they've still got, you know, millions of dollars in investment properties and whatever. So I think that's kind of part of it. But I don't know, dude. I kind of feel like, and that's the point. Obviously, I'm not not saying it's a flaw of the show, but the flaw of his character as a person is like, Mm. yeah, I want to do this thing, but I'm not going to do it properly. But I don't really understand that. Well, the other thing is, so apparently there were hints within the show pointing to the fact that, you know, we could have worked out that he was in charge. Mm. I just thought that was a bit basic of a storyline to actually be something I was considering as the Mm -hmm. big reveal. Like I just didn't. I don't know. It just seemed really basic to me. Well, today, I don't know if you can believe me on this, but I picked it. I knew for sure he was behind it. Right. I don't know why I picked it necessarily, but um, I think I think maybe early on I was like, oh, it'd be funny if the old guy turns out to be behind it all. Mm-hmm. And then I just sort of parked that in my brain for a little while. Yeah. And then it got to the end and in that episode he wasn't killed. I was like, hmm, interesting. Mm. And then it came to a big reveal where he's – where. Jihoon's got to go meet somebody. I'm like, all right, I've got a feeling I know who this is going to be. Yeah. I, so apparently the hints were when um, John Ho is looking through all the records of the previous mm. games, the numbers start at 002. Mm. They don't start at 001, yes. which is interesting, which leads me to believe that he's played the games before, which doesn't make sense because he said he was going to play it. It's not mm. as much fun as playing it unless he had played it before, but not every year. But then why would the years that he didn't play, would, why wouldn't they move all the numbers to start at one then? I'm not sure that makes sense. Also, I think there's a, he's just number one and they started counting from two for everyone else they brought in. Yeah, but, like, why, though? Hmm. 
Prism doesn't have a number. Hmm. I mean, he did when he was in it, but like they still use that number now probably. Well, I, I thought the numbers were new every time. But they, they can't be because all the records started at 002. I thought it was for that year. Mm. I thought every year there's a new set of numbers. Maybe. So it's I like yeah, 2021. Also, one of the other theories is that when they're playing red light, green light, and the doll's eyes are scanning the motion sensor, mm. he's not picked up on her radar. Oh. But apparently some people around him are not picked up as well, and some people are saying that's mm. because they wouldn't harm him by killing someone directly next to him, like that could harm him yeah but some people are saying that that was just an error <laughs> a goof and shouldn't have gone through could have been like the scope early sees people in the middle yes of the screen of them. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. there's that the other thing is which i'm not sure holds up maybe it does was he happy to die in the games because mm. if he got a brain tumor anyway was he happy to just is that why out? he wanted to play because mm. the there are games in this that he wouldn't have been able to control. Tug of War, for example, like he gives them information to help them win, mm. but he can't guarantee that he can survive that the same way that he could guarantee he could survive red light, green light if the sensor wasn't picking him up and he knew he was never going to get shot. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So at what point was he supposed to leave? And perhaps it was then when they weren't in a team or perhaps it was. Yeah, just thinking about it. He's not going to be able to jump over the, all those class. Um, no, right? No, so he had to get out before then. Mm. So that, to me, gives credence to maybe the reason for Min Yao not being picked and maybe that was his exit. Mm. Like maybe that was the way out for him because he, he couldn't play those more chance, chancey games, yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and he... He wouldn't have been no, been no good if he ended up in the actual squid game at the end. Exactly. Somehow, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of yeah, it kind of feels like he's you know cosplaying as a poor person in this game when really the consequences aren't there for him. Or he was like, yeah, if I gotta go, I gotta go. You know, I'll just yeah. Go on the but game. then why wouldn't he just be picked up by the by the scanner then if he wants an equal chance that everyone else mm. yeah, doesn't really mind? Like, question. see, it doesn't really make sense to me. Well, maybe he was like, I want to play for a bit at least. <laughs> Give me a day or two and then. And then take me out. I'll be fine. Well, something else I, I read about today was that when they were having a riot in their dormitory, mm-hmm. um, he's the one who calls out and says, no, we've got to stop this, which yes. kind of was yeah, seen as a sign to the game master. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Mm. The other thing that's interesting is like presumably the pink men with PlayStation marks on their face knew that not to shoot him right Mm, like at the honeycomb when they're going around shooting people who break it has someone told them if 001 breaks it don't shoot him because he's like Mm. big the big bad but then when john ho comes in they don't tell him unless they did like an induction training orientation day (laughs) (laughs) don't kill 001 Mm. yeah you know like Mm. that's a bit a lot of chance there He's an old man with shaky hands. Like maybe that's like their first ever, their first and you know repeated instruction: never shoot number one. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interesting. And um, I don't mind that it's not all laid out, but it's interesting to think about how it actually worked in the mechanics of it. Eh? Yeah. Um, in terms of the, the twist, though, Sine, mm-hmm. I've got something here from uh, Roger Ebert, the great man. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he had a law supposedly when he was writing about movies. It's called the Law of Economy of Characters. Mm-hmm. And here it is on TV tropes. I'll read that to you. Movie budgets make it impossible for any film to contain unnecessary characters. Therefore, all characters in a movie are necessary to the story, even those who don't seem to be. Sophisticated viewers uh, use this law to deduce the identity of a person being kept secret by the movie's plot. The mystery person is always the only character in the movie who seems otherwise extraneous. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't completely map onto this movie or this show, but I was thinking about it in terms of oh, if there's someone who's mysterious who's behind this all and we're going to find out who it is, it's probably not going to be somebody new in the last episode. So No. You yes. know what I mean? And it's also in relation to the movie we watched next week, or next week's show, in terms of a twist of like who the main or who this mystery character is. I'm like, yeah, it's the person in the movie that we already know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's interesting sometimes when you got to think about, you can almost think of that as like the end result and the work backwards. Just think about, okay, who here seems like they're they're not the obvious twist yeah it's probably them you know i do that all the time normally mm. and i think maybe i had a feeling in the beginning similar to you of oh he's behind it the old guy who can't do anything ha, mm. ha, ha. wouldn't that be funny but like i just didn't see it going down that route i just for, to me i think the issue is the concept and premise of this show is so innovative and out there and sophisticated and feels really tight that this really basic plot of the old guy was behind it all to me doesn't fit with the sophistication of yeah. the show. I, I know what you like, mean. I reckon bitch. you could have. <laughs> I reckon you could have come up with a more interesting thing there. Well, I don't know if you need to know who did it at all. Maybe it's better if we just there's some unmasked or because we still person. have that right. We still don't know who's actually behind the games, mm. who those people are, the financial backers who come in. Mm. They're still mysteries. So you could have just kept all that there. Yeah, totally. And maybe that, that could have been the point that, yeah, our society is directed by people we don't even know or see and we're just sort of pawns in their game. Yeah. And do you think it undercut the tragedy of the character as well and the fact that Jihun sort of, you know, sold him out to, and killed him essentially when it turns out that that wasn't true? Yeah, I was interested why he went so far into the manipulation. But again, perhaps it was just a game to him. Hmm. So he wets his pants, right? And if you watch back, there's an empty water bottle by his head mm-hmm. implying that mm. he poured it on himself. Um, I think Ji-hun wasn't supposed to be as heroic. Like they didn't think that he would win or even get very far because he's not the brightest person no. there. No. But his humanity is what got him through. It's what saved him. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? 
yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I, I have an issue, like all that marble stuff was fake then, right? So all the dementia of, oh, I'm running off and this is my home. This is where I live. Hello, let me in. That was all fake? Well, really? I got the feeling that was true. Doesn't he say I did have a kid and I lived in that sort of place? And Yeah, but that you could you could write that off as, oh, he designed it to be like that. There's another instance where he says the lunchboxes are similar to what we had when I was young. Mm. And so he's obviously mirrored, you know, certain of his own memories into yeah. things. But I just don't know. That was all for, for our benefit and for Jihun's benefit. Why? Why? Why not let him win and just pretend to die? Why do you need to mm. fuck with him and be like, oh, what did I say? Odd or even? Oh, I'm losing. Well, I know, what you, I know what you're saying for sure there. I guess that's just maybe another element of he's bored in his life and so he's going to have fun by messing with this guy. And yeah. is his like thing like... People are actually no good, and I'm trying. I'm going to test everybody to see if they are good or not. And then he had a long time with Jihun, and he's maybe starting to think, "Oh, this guy actually is quite good. He's telling everybody he's trying to do the right thing and survive in this awful game." But then he's screwed me over with the. I'm going to give him a chance to do the marbles, but he screwed me over. So, so what you're essentially saying, Lonnie, mm. is that Squid Game is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and Ilnam is Willy Wonka. <laughs> And Jihoon is Charlie who has to prove his humanity in order to win the prize. Yeah. And it gets to a certain point where he fails and maybe that's like the final nail in the coffin for Ilnam. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I see a comparison there, Sine. Well, you sent me recently the that last line from yeah. Willy Wonka where he says, good day, sir, and doesn't <laughs> give him of the original Charlie yes. and the Chocolate Factory, yeah, yeah. not the De- Johnny Depp one. Mm. Um you know, because the rules change. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I, I feel like it does lessen the impact of the Marbles episode where you find out that he was manipulating it. That said, in the moment, though, it is still quite horrific to see Ji-hun try and manipulate this old man because yes. he's his friend and, like, mentor. Oh, and it's horrible, isn't figure. it? So maybe it's an added twist to it where the father figure was in on it essentially yeah. they've, they've twisted themselves both ways you know people people are stupid and i'm mad at this they're saying that they were actually father and son no what? no they're not guys the point <laughs> is that they're father figure and son figure mm. they say oh, i had a son like you and whatever don't you think they would have like there'd be the story of oh my dad ran away when i was this age and i've never yeah. seen him again and oh gee you look familiar and that kind of stuff the whole point is that it's a surrogate relationship, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah. Just feel like you guys are missing missing the sort of symbolism there. And everything's, you know, that obvious. No. <laughs> um, I was going to say something, today. There's been mm-hmm. a bit of commentary about this show in terms of the subtitles. Yes. What, what are your thoughts, thoughts on that? I have thoughts about this. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll sort of outline the issue, right? Mm. Firstly, Netflix's default is to dub the show which to me I find very confusing because dubbing to me feels really old-fashioned. Yeah, the old subs and dubs debate has begun for a long time. It has. But I feel like do we really watch dub shows anymore? Like we can read, it's fine. <laughs> and maybe, you know, for vision-impaired people it's easier to hear that or it works better with their 
mm. you know, yeah. audio description or whatever. But I just don't know why you would ever want to watch something dubbed. Like I turned this on and it's just awful. Dubbing is always awful because you have two different performances of the same thing. Mm. You've got to deal with the dubbed person's intonation and inflections and how they think the line should be said, which never matches up with the visuals of how the actor actually said it on set. And I hate it so much. The issue people are finding with the subtitles, which is quite interesting to me just as a debate, is that there are concepts in Korean that we don't have an English equivalent for. Mm. Um, like, for example, Ali calls Ilnam old sir, you know, as a way of being polite. And that sounds funny to us because we would never say thank you, old sir, to someone. But it's because we don't have certain words in English, like schadenfreude, right, in German, mm. that can convey that same thing. And people are upset that, that it's missing a lot of the nuance in the subtitles. Um, I don't know how you get around that, though, <laughs> if you want to release this to an English-speaking audience other than you're always going to miss stuff in translation, right? Yeah, of course it can't be as nuanced in a different language, which is, is a shame, though, because nuance is, is what makes things so interesting. Yes. Um, I think with subs and dubs, maybe you can get away with it in, like, animated things. Maybe, yeah. but I'm, I'm, even then, I'm, I don't just watch the subtitles. That's fine, right? Like, mm. And it's funny that you said it was um, dubbed for you and you're like default. That was my default, yeah. My default was closed captions. Oh. So I had to change to just regular subtitles, which is... Interesting. Uh, friend of the show, Erica Ward, mm -hmm. um, she told me about this. She knows lots of different languages and she's much cleverer than us. She was telling me about some of the nuanced differences mm -hmm. in the writing. So she talks about Armenia, who calls the um, some of the other guys, including um, Duksu Oppa. Yeah. Now, she, Erica says, I hope she's okay with me telling the world this, um, <laughs> it's a word for women to use which means older brother, um, but it's also used for an older boy or a man you're close to, normally a boyfriend or a crush. Yeah, so in Mr. Kim's Convenience, I'll just jump in here, mm. Mrs. Kim calls Mr. Kim Appa all the time and it means like mm. darling or sweetheart, mm. you know. So Erica's point is that she's not just calling him, you know, older brother because like, you know, we're buddies. It's like it's a performative calling the gangster dude Appa to kind of appeal to his masculine sense of pride mm. and like it's like he's got a young woman admiring him. Yes. Um, and but then the show it's kind of translated as babe or cool guy. Yeah. In the subtitles, which, you know, loses that nuance. Mm. Um and then Sang Woo calls Jihon Hyung, which is a word men use which means older brother. Mm -hmm. It implies a closeness when you aren't related. Um It's a sign of respect too, right? Because mm. Ali keeps calling him that and he keeps saying, Don't call me that. Oh that that's Sang Woo and Jihon. Oh, Sang Woo, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so that's um interesting. Oh, yeah, and Jihun calls Minyao um, Arjuma, which was translated as Mrs. in the subtitles, Erica says, um, but apparently has a more pointed meaning as an older woman. Um, so calling mm. someone, you know, maybe more like old hag or something. Like, I don't know if it's exactly, but it's more than just Mrs., I think is the point there. Yeah, interesting. Um, anything else Erica said? She got, oh, she's lots of messages. <laughs> uh, she says, when Sengwoo says to Ali, something just says, it's translated as, 
just call me Sangwoo, um, apparently is more like saying, he's been calling him like something like company president before then, but then he's like, call me Sangwoo. It's like, yeah, that's actually be friends. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it would have been really great to get that nuance in subtitles, but I can see why it was not there. Yeah. Just because the sake of how quickly the show runs and the subtitles on the screen for a moment while your dialogue's happening. Yeah. But it is a real shame, isn't it? I wish it was as nuanced as possible. I wish so, like it was as well, but a point that I saw floating around online was that it's it's a really hard job for translators slash interpreters to do this because it, subtitles can only take up so much space on the screen mm-hmm. and they need to be there for a certain amount of time in order to get the audience to give them time to read it essentially. Mm. And so in that situation, economy of language is really important because people are talking over the top of each other and you mm. can only have essentially one sentence on the screen at mm. any time. Um, one thing I don't like is that I think something in this show happened as an, a weird thing with translation, but people are taking it as a story thing. So when the financial people come in with all their gold masks and whatever, mm. um, their dialogue is awful. <laughs> Basic bitch, yes. It's um, it's dubbed. It's it's ADR. I assume because they couldn't speak under the masks, or mm. it's it's horrible. It's really horrible. And people are like, ah, oh, see, even their language is really stilted, and that shows that you know they're behind this thing and blah blah blah. No, I really just think it's just an error in translation of of a Korean filmmaker writing his script in Korean and those bits being translated into English or him estimating how we would say that in English. I I really think that's an issue with the language. Yeah, I don't think that was a point. <laughs> that's two different issues there, the yeah. subtitles versus the dialogue in those scenes. Yeah. What do you think of the VIPs as, as characters? I was confused because they didn't know what Squid Game was. Hmm. So was that and a new one this year? Th- exactly. But mm. do they come every year and do the games change every year? Mm. don't know. I, I've seen some commentary which I tend to agree with that it was kind of disappointing that they're all, well, at least the, one of them was queer-coded and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, oh, the creepy guy, of course he's gay and trying to, um, Take or trying to, of- taking advantage of the help sort of thing. It's kind of, mm. Mm, maybe that's a bit, we've been there, done that and that uncomfortable this day and age there were comments about um sebiok being queer coded as well because she bonds mm. with that other girl in the marvel mm. game i just thought they were nice friends but oh that's know. fine yeah but again like the villains always have to be they're dressed yeah. in this ostentatious clothing and stuff that's like hmm so regular people are this type and then all the bad is this type of person interesting yeah. isn't it's it not yeah, nice, is it yeah yeah i agree but i didn't i'd like the idea of yeah, these white people turning up and um, watching it for sport. Observing it. Mm. Yeah, and being so detached, like, yeah, mm. people are dying in front of you. And, like, that's the difference, I suppose, between us and me watch sport or Survivor or something and these folks because they're, yeah, very dispassionately well, looking at people dying. Like, okay, damn, I lost my bet. Is it that different to people who watch the Melbourne Cup? Like no. every year horses die in the Melbourne Cup. It's disgusting and abhorrent that we force these animals to do that and then we shoot them, you know. 
people still go and gamble and watch it and are happy to have horses die. They're happy to pay that price for their entertainment, you know. Yep. It's not that different to people watching that. Um, Lonnie, I can't go another second without talking about Jihun's hair. <laughs> Can we please just break that down for This a is the most shocking moment of the whole show. The one thing that stayed in my mind since it So <laughs> I was like... He's in the hairdresser, right? He's going to get his hair cut. This is one nice thing he's going to do with his money that he won. Because he's been living like, you know, in a sort of, I guess, homeless for a while and he's yeah. let himself go and, yes, all that stuff. Yes. And he's looking around at the pictures. Mm. And in my head I went, huh, imagine if he chose the red. And he did. <laughs> what are you doing, sir? And the other thing is, so apparently the director's come out, and writer and director has come out and said that it's meant meant to represent his rage and fury at having gone through the games and the things he has seen, right? Mm. Sure. Everyone acts like it's normal. No <laughs> one's like, why? who's this weirdo with bright red hair? What the fuck? Everyone's like, yeah, that's a normal thing for a businessman just to have flaming red hair. And, hey, normalised self-expression. I'm all for that. But, like, what are we doing, really? Terrible week, you know? Yeah. You know I'm going to say that. Terrible week. Well, one thing I saw as well from the writer and director, Huang Donghyuk, writing about the, uh, well, talking about the red hair, was that it was like he's going in to make like the opposite decision of what he would normally do. Mm -hmm. It's just like doing the most bizarre thing possible because he's in that sort of. Yeah, I see that. But also bad. <laughs> Don't bad do hair. that. And obviously don't go back to the game. Get on the plane. Go see your daughter. Yeah. Get on the plane. You got out, mate. Just go. Arrived. <sighs> that was an interesting thing actually about when they made the decision to whether or not to stay or go or continue mm -hmm. with the game or not. It's like, yeah, if you if we all decide to leave and people who've died, their family gets sent money. Like it wasn't yeah. just leaving for their own sake. It was like, you know, you can actually... No. But they, no. Make a difference, yeah. but they didn't want to do it. Yeah. No, because if someone is like, yeah, they've died. We've won. We're surviving. So why should they get the money? Like, mm -hmm. It's funny how your morals get twisted and turned when you're in that scenario, eh? Yeah. So question for you. We've already touched on how violent the show is. Mm. Do you think it was gratuitous? Here's my theory. Mm. There are three types of violence in film and TV. Okay. Star Wars where it's pew pew and nothing happens and you fall over with a little pew and there's no blood or anything except for Finn, so it doesn't really work with it. Mm, you know what much. I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's action films like Born or Mission Impossible mm -hmm. where it's punchy punchy and we get a broken nose and there's blood and mm. like that. And then there's what I like to call the Kill Bill level, mm. the Quentin Tarantino level. Yeah, and I think top. Squid Game yeah. falls into this category of horrific, like intense violence, quite gruesome. Because in Squid Game, when they get shot in the head, it's not just mm. blood that flies out, it's brain matter. That is like true. you see people's skulls cracked open and their brain literally out bleeding on the floor. Like it's quite graphic. <laughs> I would maybe suggest you know, that they're in your third category, mm -hmm. that there are two sort of subcategories. Okay, yeah. I'm done with it, one <laughs> Is that there's the stylized version of that violence, which mm -hmm. I think Tarantino and Squid Game would fall into. And then there's the more realistic sort of torture porn style. 
Oh, like the centipede thing. Yeah, like, like in Saw and things like that where mm. it's almost like they're getting off on it and it's meant to be as realistic as possible and you're supposed to feel squeamish about it. Not that you're not supposed to feel squeamish in this show, but it is that sort of sense of like a heightened reality almost in Squid Game. Yeah, I get what you mean. Having said that, though, when they had the big riot and people were like mm. strangling each other and like whacking each other with metal bars, oh, yeah. oh, horrible. Yeah, maybe horrifying. just maybe it's a different emphasis on either way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you mean, though. But do you think it was gratuitous or do you think it was necessary in order to get the mm. sort of horrific nature of the game across to the you audience? Know, I actually, I, you know, violence and whatever. Yeah, it's a show, so it's not like it's people are going to go out and do this in real life necessarily. Although there is some moral panics turning up. Have you seen that today? People worried about oh, yes. kids in the schoolyard. Kids are playing it in the schoolyard. I mean, they haven't got guns, like, at least in Australia. I think that's so. the big point, right? <laughs> like they're not killing each other at the end. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, now, in terms of being too gratuitous, I actually liked that it was in some ways because mm-hmm. it made the stakes feel real. Yes, um, I agree with that. And maybe not so much like seeing the bloods in and guts because you can probably take a leave that and your imagination is probably more you know is more better horrific than you know seeing actual blood and guts on screen but i kind of liked how they were doing some of the games and like if you screwed up your um little sugar um cut out yeah you just get killed straight away it's like oh my god this feels real yeah. and the stakes at least felt real so i think it did a great job especially in that episode to heighten the tension because you're trying to be so like precise and exact and not shatter the mm. honeycomb biscuit while people are getting shot literally beside you yeah you know like it really i was it's really captivating this show mm. like the way that they handle those specific games and the rules within them and and the stakes within the game separate to the entire show yeah it is like you know i'm not saying i want to school gamer things don't don't take this but there is something appealing in the sense of like here is a society or a game you can play, these are the rules. It's black and white. Yeah. If you screw up, gone. <laughs> if you can follow the rules, you know, and put aside the fact that the rules get changed whenever they want, Yeah. you can survive. That is kind of a very, you know, certain side of politics would think that is a great way to live life. There should just be rules that we follow and then if you don't follow them, you die. Like that's kind of how people Isn't see the world. capitalism? <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Yeah. I, I can see the appeal for that, you know, but yeah. I don't think life is that easy. What do you think about the wall drawings? Did you pick them? What do you mean? So on the wall where they were all sleeping were the drawings of the games that they would be playing in the entire Squid Game. Oh, and it changed each. It didn't change. So I what I oh. thought was happening is that it got revealed after they'd played the game, mm. the picture was revealed or they drew it on there oh, or right. whatever, but they didn't. All of the games were on the walls behind the beds the whole show. Oh, and right. so if they'd moved the things around, they could have seen what they were able to oh, play. Planned ahead. I didn't and realize it, that. Yeah, and so the idea is like these people are fighting for information, right, to figure out what the next game is and the, there's the doctor who's harvesting yeah. the organs in exchange for information and all that. But if they'd worked together and like looked around, they mm. all would have had an equal chance of knowing what they were going to play, which I thought was really interesting. It's just happened that the Squid Game people were moving the beds each time, you know, someone pure, died. Pure they'd take out beds and yeah. so they the drawings would be revealed. I thought that was a really nice touch. No, that's very clever. 
I think I think we've mentioned it enough. We've talked about the characters and the you know dying and stuff. Really well looking, well looking, good looking show, isn't it? And well thought out. That's what I mean about being slick and tight. Like there mm. was a lot of interesting things like that. The boxes with the pink bows being the coffins mm-hmm. that they were putting them in. Um, there's also a theory that in the beginning when the guy approaches you to play that game with the red and the blue, mm. I can't remember the name of that game, no, where I mean, they had to yeah. flip them over. Yeah. Theory is whatever the player chose that would determine whether they'd be a player in Squid Game or one of the guards because the guards are dressed in pinky red. Again, don't know if that's true or not, but Ji-hoon picked blue so he became a player in the greeny-blue tracksuit, which, again, don't know if it's true, but if it is, super cool, right? Like there's these really cool little treats in there that show Mm. that this has been really well thought out and really meticulously land this show and we should probably mention so this was written in 2008 and the writer director wasn't able to find anyone to buy it Mm -hmm. until now um and people are saying oh isn't that great that's a sign of resilience and yeah it is that he kept going for 10 years but also it makes me sad how many other you know brilliant ideas that we could be making instead of making the same thing over and over again people who couldn't stick it out for 10 years for whatever reason, financially or whatever. Like, I think it's awful that we had to wait for 10 years for a show this good and this, you know, there's so much hard work that's gone into making it and creating the concept that no one picked that up straight away. I find that really Mm. sad. It's kind of interesting a lot of the the talking about how the show has, you know, hit the number one on the charts of Netflix and whatever and, it's strange this South Korean show has been so popular. It's like, mm. well, yeah, a well-written show that people have access to is popular. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're interesting. I know. And, and, and it's it just, new and fresh, you know. Yeah. like. And it just shows really you, like, for years and years we've had, you've got to have white people to appeal to the mass audience or whatever. I'm like, no way, you don't have to. No. Clearly we, we're not that confined anymore to, to that. Um, Which is yeah. great. Yeah, I think it's great. And I was watching a segment on the project the other night to you know, Australian um, TV news show and they're talking about how you know South Korean culture is taking over the world and it is in some ways and obviously not in every way but a lot of you know South Korean k-pop and you know, Parasite winning the Oscars and you know lots of cinema translating and going all around the world and Squid Game obviously now and how great that is and it's interesting that in South Korea it seems like they're trying to export their culture well, here in Australia, Sine, don't know if I'm going to be too controversial here, but we try and import that and think about our film and TV world down here. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We we get Marvel to come make, you know, Thor on the Gold Coast rather than trying to make our own show and then taking it to the rest of the world. Yeah. I think this is one of the things with Australian film, right, is that, like, our homegrown stuff doesn't do very well mm. for the most part and so the only way that our industry can survive is by getting thousands of extras to play extras in a Marvel film, you know, as you yeah. said, on the Gold Coast. Like it's Yeah, and no shade in that. Like you got to do what you do to make this, you know, keep the film industry afloat here. And I, I was thinking like what's our biggest export in terms of like this bluey, I suppose, at the moment? It's I mean, going back, you'd say like Crocodile Dundee or something. Yeah. 
which is really popular in America. Yeah. Uh, I know. And they're talking about on the project of like the government in South Korea have really invested in their own culture and mm. they see it as a point of pride, which it isn't down here, is it? We no. barely fund anything cultural and our yeah, governments some... don't care about the arts. Yeah, they don't see it as an export, but like how good is this for the South Korean culture? People want to go there and they want to experience their culture. They're not just the parking lot for another you know, country's culture in terms of Hollywood films being made down here rather than their own mm-hmm. films. So, I don't know, a bit controversial. Sorry about that. Do you think there'll be, be a... the <laughs> Do you think there'll be a season two? I don't the think it was made with that in mind. No, he's so he wrote all of this himself. There was no writer's mm. room or anything, and he said that if he made a season two, he would need help. Yeah, <laughs> He'd need enough. a writer's room and, yeah. and need to take a break, essentially. It wasn't written with that in mind, which is interesting, and there's certainly enough content there to mm. – there's enough unanswered questions, I should say, in order to justify a season two. But also I am a fan of, like – having one really good season of a show and just leaving it there, you know. Mm. What's the saying? You either die early and be breaking bad or you live long enough to see yourself become Dexter. Is that the, the quote? Yeah, like a Batman quote, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I'm i all for limited series. I think a good old-fashioned movie isn't that bad either, you know, just getting it over and done with telling a story in two hours rather than 90 minutes ideally um, mm. rather than carrying on for many many seasons yeah i did find it quite interesting there's nine episodes of this show some of them are only half an hour long Mm. and again i'm begging literally everyone to watch things that are this length and look at the structure and how they manage to do that there's not much fat in this i don't know what i'd take out i i mean yes the subplot of the cop didn't really i mean you could say that that was sort of extraneous the storyline because him being there didn't really uncover anything useful for the main characters but i still probably wouldn't cut it out because i think it, it added depth to the world there's nothing mm. that i would have cut i don't think no and it really in you know, it threads the needle between a regular sort of drama about people who are down their luck and trying to survive and then they go into this almost fantasy world mm-hmm. and it really it it marries those two elements well together I'm yeah you. i don't i know yeah, I don't know what I'd do different. Good show. Do we need more? I mean, I'd probably trust them to make it again and do a good I job because the first season was good, but I don't know. I just worry, like, sometimes if we like things as human, we want to get another thing like that because we like it so much. But it doesn't mean that we like the first one more. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it doesn't, our love for it doesn't really grow. It's just we want more of that thing rather than re-watching it and maybe getting more things out of the original Mm, series one thing i did want to note is the set design so these were all practical sets which to me incredible don't Mm. know you if you would have gotten that if you shot this in america they actually built the studio for red light green light they built the animatronic doll you know like Mm -hmm. she was actually turning her head that wasn't cgi um, the glass planes, mm-hmm. they were a metre and a half off the ground, <laughs> but they were still jumping between these tiny planes of glass, you know, and I think the director said that even having the actors one metre off the ground still gave mm. them that trepidation of 
this is horrifying if I fall. Um, it's like being on a balance beam, right? Like it's terrifying mm-hmm. being on a balance beam. Mm-hmm. I just think I really appreciated the effort that went into making practical sets, even the stair, the staircases as they walk into like to and from where they yeah. sleep to where they're playing the game. Those Beautifully MCS designed. Yeah. Yes, that, that famous drawing about, you know, you can't can't walk upwards essentially, mm. um, which again, metaphor. <laughs> but I just, I, I don't know, I appreciated seeing good old-fashioned <laughs> practical sets. I thought I really got the um, hard work from the crew, I think, in making this. Like it felt like everyone wanted to make this the best it can be. I, don't, I didn't feel like there were cut corners. Like that whole set with the marbles was built. It was a built set. Yeah, doesn't that feel better somehow? Like rather than ha- so having them more... in the corner and then in the background there's CGI ladder or something or slide and stuff. I think I felt like it felt like the characters could interact more in the space. Like mm. it felt so it grounded it. It made it feel more realistic. It made it I I just yeah. loved it. I think it was absolutely the right call and i respected the effort in that like yes in, in the room between the dormitory and wherever the game happens to be the studio for the game mm-hmm. they go to walk through those those staircases with the bright colors yeah it's like that could have just been like a boring gray staircase to nowhere you know could have been a hallway you know like yeah, yeah. but instead it really drags you into this sort of almost like telly tubbies or something like kind of weird yeah. kids some people were saying TV Alice show. in Wonderland sort yeah. of quite it's interesting because we were talking about um in class last week I think about everything you put in a story the audience is going to take meaning from so you need to make sure that everything that you include has the right meaning that you want them to take from it mm. like don't waste an opportunity essentially within your story to expand on your world or to bring in your themes and that kind of thing. And I think that's what you're saying here, right? Like it could have been a grey staircase, Mm. but instead we make something that's similar to this, you know, really famous painting that's um, evocative of the themes within the Mm -hmm. show that that they can't escape, that they keep climbing and climbing towards progress, but essentially they're descending further and further Mm. down. What do you think? I've seen some people on Twitter. I haven't seen too much of this myself, but I've seen people commenting on it more, to be honest. But it's like... All these people think, oh, if only they could have won more or it's a shame they allowed to kill each other to win. It's like, no, that's the point of the show. Is that's that kind they... of the point, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and people who were trying to think, um, oh, no, it's nice that they had a chance at least to get the money. It's like, no, 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 the, the point is they shouldn't have to go into that sort of game and it's terrific they were forced into that situation where they thought that was a good you know, use of their of their talents. like, yeah, the tweet I saw, and I probably can't find it, but... Here's the spirit of it, but it's like all these years of, of people uh, decrying metaphors and like thinking about how stupid it was when the English teacher tried to make them find metaphor in the short story they were reading in class. Mm-hmm. And they're like, actually, you know, sometimes the blue curtain is just blue. Like, well, yeah, sometimes though the show is about a metaphor and you've got to think about it deeply rather than just taking it at face value. Yeah. I think it's probably helpful to straddle the line between both. I think. Mm. Like even in this podcast, I've said, you know, the performative speech, I think that's just, you know, an issue with translation and mm. ADR. But there are metaphoric elements in terms of like the staircase and that kind of stuff. So yeah. 
Yeah, true. And it's also that thing like it's even a little bit of the problem with the death of the author, right, is that mm, we've mm-hmm. got to think about how we shouldn't just take what the author says as the direct meaning. But at the same time, the author does put meaning into the text. So yeah. you can't just discredit anything they do. It's almost not like it's meaning is there to be found. It is but it's also put there, so you've got to try and pick it up when it's yeah. there. So You know how I feel about death to the author. So. Mm. Not good, guys. I think that the author, <laughs> what the author intended, like, yeah, you can be like, oh, this kind of reminds me that this thing, wouldn't it be cool if the author meant this? Yeah, that's fine, but that's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes the author doesn't know the meaning. Okay. No. Yeah, we've been through this before. Look, what I'll say well, anything is that sometimes we watch shows on here and we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But for this one and the whole world is in the same boat, we've spoken for a long time about it and there's so much to talk about and we can probably talk even more about it. So that's showing there's something going on here and something that is really compelling and drawing us all in. So, Definitely. yeah, strong recommend from me, Sine. Yeah, same. If you're the right sort of person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to rate it? Oh, I hadn't even thought about it. You go first if you want while I think. I mean, there's five stars, there's five stars, you know? You're such a, like, high scorer with this. You'd be like, yeah, this movie wasn't perfect and I hated all these things. Five stars. I don't know if I'll go that far for this one. But I think, like, something like Paddington is a five star for me and I love it and I watch it all the time. This one was a hard watch in some points and... There is a lot to get out of it, and I'll probably go back and watch it eventually, but it's not like I'm like, yeah, I had such a great time watching it, even though I did to a certain extent, but given the mm. content, it is like hard to say, yeah, I loved that, you know what I mean? What I, what I changed, though, probably not too much. Maybe there's a few things like with the brother and, you know, the subtitle stuff, and that's just kind of not even the show's fault, but, mm. you know, that's something. I guess four and a half. I'm gonna get it. What about you, Sonny? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go with four. Okay. Because I think it fumbled the ending for me. I oh, yeah, the basic bitch stuff, yeah. Saying Wu killing himself didn't feel genuine or wasn't born out of a place of realism, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And the old guy being behind it all. I just don't know if it all adds up. And if it does add up, I don't know if it's that interesting. I think they yeah. could have chosen something else yeah. there. Fair enough. But, again, everything else was super polished. Performances, so captivating interesting premise totally engaging like Mm. there was not a point in this show where i was tempted to look at my phone or to Mm. get up and get a snack or whatever like you know i'd pause it to go to the bathroom that kind of thing that's good and it's it's kind of rare that a show can like you're looking forward to watching the next episode rather than it just being the next thing that happens to exactly beyond because you're binging a show you know i was really keen to watch this all the way through yeah cool can i just say um i did not know a lot about this movie going into it i thought it was an actual game show um so i thought that's what it was i thought it was like a korean game show kind of like big brother right and then uh when it was obviously a dramatization and they started killing people i was like oh not (laughs) not not what i thought and also i'm totally rick morton who tweeted about um seeing something bad happen in Squid Game, like three people get shot in the head. That's not very nice. It's not very nice of them, is it? <laughs> was it Rick or was it Beck or someone else on Twitter, the old Australian Twitter, 
Um, you said the worst part of the show wasn't the killing or anything, but it was having to choose a partner for the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that brings back lots of bad memories of, you know, sporting and PE and whatever it's called. You don't want to be picked last and then you're like, oh, I'm on this team. That means this team's the shitty team because I'm not yeah. good at sports. So, <laughs> good. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think just in terms of going in with expectations, I think you and I are looking at stuff like you know, sometimes you get an email from Netflix, like what's coming up next month or whatever. Mm. And there was like a show called Squid Game from Korea and we were both like, oh, I wonder what that's about. Didn't think about it any further. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's the biggest show in the world and we sort of mm-hmm. had to watch it because everyone else was watching it. And I was thinking about that. Like there are probably lots of good shows from every country out there that we just don't get around to. But all of a sudden, this one from South Korea is just sort of taking the world by storm. Yeah. You can't even predict it, can you? You can't even manufacture that. It's just no. sort of what happens. And look, there'll probably be a lot of backlash because it's popular now. So then there'll be people coming out with, well, actually, it's actually not that good or whatever. Mm. I don't know. I Just enjoy it. Enjoy the cultural experience. Like watching a show like this is as much about talking about it and connecting with other people as it is about mm-hmm. the show itself, mm-hmm. you know. That's right. We don't make things to be watched by nobody. It's supposed to be out there and experienced mm-hmm. and given over to the world. And I, I thank people who make TV shows, you know, actors and all the, all the crew because, yeah, it takes so much effort to do that mm-hmm. just for the entertainment of other people. It's it's really yeah. nice of them. <laughs> thank you. Well, isn't that kind of like metatextual of you because right now the – cast and crew of netflix and amazon and all those places are striking mm. because of workers rights yes um they don't get to take breaks they get paid you know pennies um don't get a weekend don't get time off so in a way they're giving themselves mm-hmm. and their bodies over for our entertainment to make and a show I, that we want to watch for a show that we probably shit on half the time in this podcast because it's not perfect yeah. yeah i know but you know no i'm, I'm all for that i'm like I think I've, I've even heard people talk about this. Like, why is it okay in a film set to yell at people mm-hmm. or to have those awful conditions and work from, you know, 24 hours straight? Because you're making a movie? Like, you, you wouldn't do yeah. that in any other job for the no, most part. No, you wouldn't. You know? And the interesting thing is it's come about because these streaming platforms are still considered new media. So they're essentially categorised under a different code of oh, working so conditions than yeah. studios. That's the issue. Right. So they get paid like a tiny amount of what you'd get paid if you worked for Paramount or Liongate or Liongate, whatever. So that's where the strike's born from. Isn't that weird? And you think about like Clint Eastwood. How long have we had Netflix? Like, you know, forever. (laughs) I know. I mean, Clint Eastwood could make his movies and they go home at lunch. They get it all before 12 o'clock. Like how how does that happen? And the other people, yeah. Anyway, that's the biggest story. Hopefully that gets resolved soon and people can be paid fairly and because they're giving us a great service, I think. I don't know it's just movies, but, you know. It's not just movies. Art is the way that we cope with the world. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean, though. I know what you mean, yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. It'd be great if you could um, share this with your mates and get the podcast over there, because, you know, in a certain frame of mind, we're giving ourselves over to you, the podcast, for free, you know, so. Are we suffering, though? No, we're not at all. We're just having a chat. I skipped breakfast this morning. Does that count? Skip <laughs> breakfast so I can record the, the pod early. Well, why don't you go get some breakfast now, so no, and then I will. I will. All right. We'll see you next time on I Only Like You and Movies. And tweet, it, tweet at me your theories at I Only Like You. Yeah, pod. please do. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.